everybody's life is, is influenced by all of these voices. You have these voices that are telling you and trafficking you into everything you could possibly do, telling you what to do for your career, up to telling you how to live your life, telling you what you should believe in. But the one voice that really matters is the gospel, is the voice of Jesus Christ that permeates the scriptures. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. We are on location once again today at House of Praise. We are actually in a house owned by House of Praise. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my man, Josiah Silver, youth pastor here at House of Praise. My brother, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Only you and I know how we get to rig this video to make to, to get this to work today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had every technical difficulty possible. Every single one. Yeah, the enemy didn't want this to happen, but we're going to do it anyway. So thank you for doing the show today, man. So I know I got you for a little bit of time, but I just want you to dive into it about your testimony, your background. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Yeah, so I grew up here in Lorain, Ohio. Grew up also in Amherst. And I've been here my whole life. It's been great. I grew up just being a part of the church and really learning what it's like to be a part of the local church. And it's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride. All right. So talk a little bit about, about your, um, your, your journey with, with Christ. So were you always a Christian? Talk to me about your, your background, your experience with the Lord. Yeah. So for me, I, I kind of grew up with the classic, like pastor's kid. Like I grew up in church all the time, several days a week, doing all the church stuff. I didn't always take it super seriously growing up because it's all I knew. It's literally everything that I lived and breathed. So I think growing up, I kind of just lost like a ton of interest in it. It was always important to me, but I wasn't like super excited about it. Like I wasn't reading the Bible every day, memorizing verses all the time. I wasn't doing what you assume someone would do if they grew up in church 24 seven. But it wasn't until I was really like 17 years old. And I remember being at a retreat and seeing some of my closest friends like give their life to the Lord. And then I realized, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that's when I then started to pursue that with a greater intention towards the end of high school, uh, which is where I kind of knew, okay, I want to be a youth pastor. So where'd you, where'd you go to school at? So I actually did school online for high school, but then I went to Portland Bible college for two years in Portland, Oregon. I'm in, I'm enrolled in Portland Bible College there right now. So you beat go. me to it. You I'm beat me to it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> you, I'm, I will be one day. <laughs> there we go. So I wanted to just dive into a lot of what you're doing here at, at House of Praise right now. So what's your role here? I know I told everyone you're the youth pastor, but, you know, talk about exactly what you do, how you go about just shepherding and serving in that ministry. Yeah. So our ministry is, is heavily focused on discipleship. It is the primary focus of everything that we do. I really believe that every aspect of our youth ministry, of the church in general, specifically because we're talking about youth ministry though, I believe that every aspect of what we do needs to be aimed at building up our students. It, it can't be aimed at hype. It can't be aimed at just having fun. It can't be aimed at, you know, being a, a place for them to just spend their time, but it, to be a place for them to grow in, in their walk with Christ and to truly understand the severity of, of what that means to be a Christian and to be a disciple. So my role is to shepherd those students, is to shepherd the teenagers and middle schoolers of House of Praise and to teach them about the Word of God and to do that with conviction and passion and to be there for them in any way that I can. 
So talk to me a little bit about like, what do your, your youth services, like what do they, what, what do they look like? So do they take place on Sunday mornings? You guys have a separate day for that. Is it all own separate service? What does that look like here? So Sunday morning, we have our, our junior high class, which is focuses on grades six through eighth grade. And that just looks like taking them through like core doctrines of the Bible, where we teach them important things. Like this last week, we talked about the deity of Christ. We'll talk to them about just like deeper concepts, but also in a way for them to understand, be introduced to these ideas early on, um, with not a twist, but just like, obviously they're kids, but also not sugarcoating anything and just teaching them and giving them that respect to be like, okay, you're a human being with a brain and we're going to teach you what the word says and not try to switch it up. But we do have a Wednesday night service, which right. is focused on from sixth grade to 12th grade. And that service is like a full, you know, worship set, word, altar call, hanging out, play basketball, we'll play volleyball, we'll do a whole bunch of stuff. But it's a full, it's a full service that we have. And what are the ages for your youth group again? Like six to 12th grade. So that's like pretty much from like 12 to 18. Okay. Usually. Okay. So how long have you been the youth, youth pastor here? Going on three years this three July. Years now. Okay. Yep. So when you talk about reaching the youth and, and doing discipleship, so what does that look like as far as this is what I'm up against and this is what I'm trying to show them in the word of God? Wow. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're up against everything. You're up against literally every possible thing. You're up against social media. You're up against celebrity culture. You're up against their own families. You're up against their friends. You're up against every aspect, their teachers. You can be up against everything because all of our lives and not just students, but everybody's life is, is influenced by all of these voices. You have these voices that are telling you and trafficking you into everything you could possibly do. I'm telling you what to do for your career, up to telling you how to live your life, telling you what you should believe in. But the one voice that really matters is the gospel, is the voice of Jesus Christ that permeates the scriptures. So they're dealing with everything, man. They're dealing with absolutely everything you could possibly imagine. So what are some of the ways you go about like just reaching the youth today? I think the, the primary way is showing them that like, you can be a Christian in this culture and not compromise. Like you can, you can dress like a normal person. You can talk like a normal person, <laughs> but you, that doesn't mean that you have to compromise and, right. and live a life full of being wild and, and drinking and smoking and doing all the things that people think that you need to do to be an adult or think that that's what adults do to have fun. Showing them that you can have fun building relationships with people and, and having good company around. So I think one basic way is by just showing them the like what it really looks like to be a Christian by just walking with them. And I think for me, what I realized early on is that a lot of these kids just need someone to be there for them. Not necessarily someone just to tell them what to do, but someone to be there for them. And then when you've earned that right to speak to them, then the conversations come. So for me, like 90% of ministry is just having conversations and talking to them and guiding them through the word, showing them always as much as often as I can, pointing them back to scripture and just letting them know what Jesus says about almost every single cultural thing that we could be going through and trying to guide them through that. I love what you said, because it, it matters that we do life with people, right? Like they can't, 
just come to a service, no matter when the service is, and that yeah. just be it. Like that's not community, right? Like in Acts, it talks about how they sort everything to meet the needs of the community. But so there's the things that they they sold to meet those needs. But to be in a in a community with believers doesn't just mean maybe just a meal or what it may just mean. Let's hang out. Let's let's talk. Let's go to this sporting event. Let's let's watch this TV show. Let's whatever whatever it is whatever they they're into it's important we come alongside people and actually do life with them and people need to see and know how much we care telling someone i care is one thing showing them is something completely different and then customizing that for the person right like i can't one of the things i tell people ministers i don't talk to any two people the same way like i was blessed because your dad also did this podcast a, a couple of months back which Yo. That's not true. That's probably like six months back. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm become that sure, person. Sure. Yeah, it's probably, it was probably a really long time ago. Sure. But you don't, there's no way I'm going to talk to you the same way I talk to him. We two are two very different people. Yeah. Right? Like, what does this individual need? What does loving on them look like? And I, I don't want to put some cookie cutter aspect to that. I want to show them that, hey, I'm paying attention to yeah. you. I love you so much. And I'm paying attention to even the little details in your life. Yeah. And I think that's important to not just kids, but to anyone in general. Well, and I think what's what's so funny about that is, you know, when I first got into this, I mean, I'm 24, so I'm, I'm pretty young, but so three years ago, I was 21. When I first started to get into this, I thought one of the hardest things that I was going to deal with was having to preach on a consistent basis. But really, the most difficult thing is is making sure that you're shepherding people. And what does a shepherd do? It means that your your job is to watch over. Yeah, that involves teaching. And that involves preaching, that involves on-stage activities where you're guiding services. But what it really, what it really means is to be there in any moment and to have your line open for them to reach out to you, to where you're spending your time and your time is focused on other people. It's not focused on, on just you. And a lot of the times in like the church, we use the word family. We use the word family a lot. What I realized early on when I was in college, there was this club that we would do at the local high school, it was called CSU Club, Christian Students United. And we would go into a high school, we'd bring pizzas and all this stuff. And you'd be meeting with different high school kids and you'd be talking to them about like giving them a devotional and then having time for them to eat pizza and then go back to their classes. So it was like a 40 minute thing. But one thing I learned is that for a lot of, a lot of young people, they live in a lot of broken homes. And so when you say like words like, oh, we're a family for you, that may mean oh, cool, like, I have a great family. I love my mom, my dad, my cousins. Cool, you can join into that. But when you say, like, your family, that can mean a, a lot of different things to different people. So what I realized is that if I say that I'm family to somebody, then I have to show that in the way that we spend time together, in my intentionality. It's not just going to be, we're family, come on Wednesday night, I'll see you next week. It's like, no, like, how are you doing? What can I do for you? Like, let's meet up and let's just go get food. Sometimes we'll just go to McDonald's and we may not talk about something spiritual right away, but because you know that I care, then I'll earn that opportunity to speak to that to you in your life. Potent hopefully, that's the goal. Shepherds smell like sheep. Yeah. Like, if you show me a clean shepherd, we got a problem. Sure. Like, that's not pastoral, right? Like, you, you, get in the, you get in people's mess sometimes, you know, and... You don't shepherd the flock at your convenience. I talk to leaders about and, and pastors about this all the time. It's, are we available 
for the needs of the body of Christ? Are we available to meet with people? Are we just too busy being busy that we can't even do the work that God called us to do? Busy doesn't mean productive. Busy doesn't mean fulfilled. Busy doesn't mean that I'm, I'm doing something that is edifying the kingdom. It could just mean that I'm busy doing the wrong thing. Just busy. Right. <laughs> how are you, how do you oversee a ministry and I'm never available for their phone calls? I'm never breaking bread with them. Yeah. They're never at my house. I'm never at their house. That's a business transaction. Mm -hmm. Thanks for showing up on Sunday. Shake hands, hug, and we go our separate ways. Yeah. That's not community. And to your point, some of these, these kids, they're kids to me because I turned 40, so I don't believe yeah. you're 24. I'm still stuck on that. <laughs> like, I almost lost my whole train of thought when you said that. This isn't a part-time thing. Yeah. Like, when you, when you sign up to do life, with, and it, it, I'm actually going to back up for a second. I have had people tell me things they're struggling with, and I have told them, I'm here. And then they're surprised when I'm there. And as I give God all the credit for that, but then they're surprised I'm getting the mess with them because they grew up in a broken home or they grew up where every time their mother or father told them something, there was no follow through, none whatsoever. So they're always surprised. Not always. It's, it's changed a little bit, but sometimes those people are surprised like, wow. So this is what love looks like. This is what family looks like. This is what community looks like. But that all goes back to making disciples. You're a disciple yourself first to Christ but now I'm going to show you how I live for Jesus. So you follow me as I follow Christ. Exactly. So, yeah. they, and what'd you say? Did it serve on Wednesdays? Yeah, Wednesday nights at seven. Yep. So it can't just be a Wednesday night thing. It can't be. Right? Because yeah. they go back to school the next day and then the next day and then the next week and look at what is possibly being pumped to them. And then they see you for an hour, two hours a night. And when you, when you also, when you bring someone into your life, they're going to start to see aspects of you and see how you handle situations that you're going through. And so being appropriately vulnerable, because obviously like you're not going to show everything to everybody, but like showing them certain aspects of your life, bringing them into your life. And then they see like, oh, wow, you went through this, but this is how you responded. And that's, that's a great way to, to teach somebody. And we're just like, you just said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's the way that we do discipleship. If you know that someone needs a meal and you can cook, meet the need, right? If you know, like I was, I, I enjoy when I get a chance to actually sit down and play my PS5, sure. I enjoy it. I've got a group of guys on there that I can hop online with because I don't really like to do online gaming because I don't like being yelled at by like eight-year-olds from yeah. their base. I can't, I can't do that. It's not for me. <laughs> I need to know the people that I'm actually online sure. playing the game with. Yeah. I've had discussions after the gaming session ended about life and about Jesus. Oh yeah. Like, Use whatever method you can without sinning, obviously, without, and without, use whatever method you can to reach them. So I know that you're going to be online playing this video game at 5 p.m. and I'm free at 5 p.m. I'm going to hop on there. Yeah. If I know that you're looking to, if you're hungry at 6 p.m., let's go eat. You know, I think sometimes we make this, sometimes we make this so complicated when really we just need to show people that we care. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a long time. I'm not a wizard. I'm not up here just like, oh, like, you know, I could just, any kid just instantly talk to them and they're just like, oh yeah, here's everything going on. Like, what do I do? It's like, nah, like it really takes like years. Like there are some students that I've spent years trying to, you know, hang out with and we're talking and the, eventually over time, that's when those conversations happen. Like it, it takes a lot of just regular stuff. And that's like with anything in life though, like 
you sometimes you could be close to your brother or your sister or your parent, but like, why are you close to them? Not because you met them yesterday, right? It's because you've been with them your whole life. And so it takes time to really know people. Sometimes I get people, they open up right away. Sure. And then sometimes it yeah. takes years. Yeah. <laughs> it takes years. It takes years. Yeah. And that's all God's timing. Yeah. You know, and we, we can't, we can't rush the sanctification process for someone. We can't rush the work of the Lord in someone's life. That is Jesus. That's God's child. That's, that's someone who's accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, right? It is not my place to rush their healing process or rush what they're going through. My job is to be there. Absolutely. Whatever capacity that has to look like. Cause we're talking about this from a, a pastoral standpoint. Mm -hmm. So no, oh, that's good stuff. No, absolutely. We should probably go to McDonald's after this. We probably should. Cause as long as it took to get this set up, I'm, I'm starving. I thought, thought, thought. Too many chickens and fry. <laughs> Two? Oh, maybe four. Four? Oh, oh shoot. I got to go to the gym too. So maybe we shouldn't go to McDonald's. <laughs> so there is a scripture that we wanted to root a lot of this conversation in. So I'm going to let you go ahead and just dive in that and read that. And then tell me what, what that scripture speaks to, says to you. Yeah. So John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Mm. Obviously this is Jesus talking about his sheep, right? So not every person on the planet, you know, is his sheep until you give your life to Christ and then you're a part of, part of the flock. But some of like, as a, as a pastor, not most of what you're doing is not necessarily just outreach. Yeah. Like obviously like they're going to be unsaved people who come to your service that you're going to preach to evangelistically. You may go out on the street and have conversations with people, but the hard part is after that person gets saved walking with them in that. So we were just talked about walking relationally, right? We just talked about spending time being there for sports or whatever. That's good. But now there is a spiritual aspect to it. How do you respond when somebody comes up to you with a need, spiritual need, and you have to encourage them? James chapter one is talks about having patient endurance, meaning that you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to walk through these things. Psalms 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. So there are these things that we're going to walk through. And I think that's one of the most challenging things as a pastor is looking, okay, this student that I'm working with, and obviously I'm a kid, I say kid, but like, I'm a kid, but like, so I'm a youth student, these students go. that, these students that we're walking with, like are going through, they're going through different things. It could be they're they're struggling with girls. They're struggling with family things at home. They're struggling with drug use. They're drug, struggling with different type of addictions. They're struggling with their identity. Who are they? What they, what do they believe? Well, who do they like? Like they're struggling with all these different things and ideologies that the world is giving them. And so it's encouraging them and pointing them back to, okay, you're going through a struggle. You're really struggling right now, but regardless of how you're feeling, God is still there. Regardless of what you're thinking, Jesus is still true. The Bible is still real. The Bible is still the word of God. And that's what you have to guide your life on, not on your subjective feelings that come alongside with the different situations in life. And so we read that verse and we say, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's that continuing encourage these students, even in the midst of these, I mean, I've encountered some wild, wild situations that I never would think that some of these kids would be going through. And then all of a sudden it just happens. And it's like, okay, now that we're here, where are we going to go from here? And it's that encouraging them, like these young guys, cause I, I'm obviously I'm a youth pastor 
So I, there's guys and girls, obviously I primarily, mm -hmm. I mentor young men. Right. And so it's encouraging them to, okay, here's where we're at, but I'm going to help you as much as I can. I'm going to pick you up and we're going to keep going. And this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Continue to focus on God, continue to focus on the scripture, continue to focus on what Jesus did for you and where he took you from. And when you want to look back, realize the reality of what that was. Um, it's always easy to look back with like rose colored glasses. Yeah. But when you really think about the reality of what those moments were, it wasn't fun. It wasn't a good time. And so reminding them of like what Jesus took them from. And I bring that up because it's really important to, to realize that, yeah, it is relational. Yeah, it is fun, but also it is real. And that's probably the most difficult part is how do you help someone through these difficult situations? And who are you pointing them towards, which it needs to be Christ 100% of the time. And I think when we're thinking of Jesus as, as a shepherd, mm -hmm. so this immediate, this always takes it back to, well, how did he shepherd? He did life with people. And when he was tempted, what did he do? He, what did scripture he spoke back scripture, yep. right? So shepherding the flock, how often am I in the word of God? Mm -hmm. What's written in the tablet of my heart? What am I exposing myself to? How am I living my life? Am I being a disciple before I even go talk to the people I'm discipling? Did I pray today? Have I been fasting? What's been going on in my life? How am I living out this? Because as a shepherd, I now have to talk to you about things that I may have not experienced, or I may be caught with the unexpected, but it's not going to catch God by surprise. So am I teaching you when I'm not around how to pray? Am I... I think the, a great thing for, for leaders to remember is when I'm pouring into people, I need to teach them how to hear God for themselves, not just hear it through me, but to hear God for themselves. Yeah. So I tell people, oh, you just got this word from me, or you just got this teaching. Take everything I just said back to scripture, make sure it lines with what the word says. And if you hear something that doesn't line up, let's, let's make sure we talk about it. Let's make sure we dissect that because to know his voice, that takes discipline. That takes, we're going to have to learn what he says, right? So how do we learn what God says? Well, we read his word. So we know what he says in those 66 books already. Mm -hmm. The Bible gives us a, a, a clear indication of God's character, his, his voice, his love, his passion, everything. If we need to understand God's voice, let's read what God said already. That way, when the voices come in or the things that you compete against with the youth come in, they can discern that's not of the Lord because it doesn't line up with scripture. It's always important that we point them back to the cross. We point them back to the resurrection. We point them back to the word of God. So they don't become dependent upon us as leaders to hear the voice of God through us. Right. We're always going to be there to, I don't want to say always, but we're there to help shepherd the flock. We're there to help love on them. We're there to be teachers, mentors, friends, family, community, whatever the situation calls for. But ultimately, we're not their Jesus. We have to point them back to the one. We have to point them back to the father. We have to point them back to Jesus. We have to teach them to rely on the, on the Holy spirit. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece because this is a, the, the piece of this that gets me is a follow me piece. That's on us. We have to follow him. We have to follow Christ daily. Yeah. That, that means we have a responsibility in this. So to know his voice and to follow him, we have to be in the word daily. We got to be in a community of believers so we can have conversations like this where we're uplifting and edifying the name of Jesus. 
we have a responsibility in this to follow him and make sure that we don't go to the left or the right and we stay on that straight and narrow. Yeah. That's a huge piece of this. That So what does following him look like for you on a, on a daily basis? Well, that's my quiet time with him. That's my prayer time. That's my, I, and I, I'm that person I pray all day long. If I'm sitting in my office at work, I'm probably praying. If I'm driving, I'm probably praying. Yeah. That's why I always make the joke. If someone asks me how often I pray, the answer is never enough. <laughs> so never enough. Yeah. You know, it's what books am I reading? What am I studying? You and I talked about this before we got on air. What am I exposing myself to? What am I watching? Mm -hmm. Those kind of things. 100%. Yeah. So, so when it comes to your, the youth, what are you, do you have anything coming up this summer for, for the kids, anything they're going to be involved in? Yeah. So this summer, we, in our summers, honestly, we, we do a lot of like weekend things. We'll have like different, like we're having a fourth, a before 4th of July, like just cookout. So yeah. it's going to be just inviting all the kids here. We're going to be playing volleyball. We're going to be doing, having a cookout. We're going to hot dogs, hamburgers, a whole bunch of stuff like that. I'll be here. Yeah. You're more than welcome. <laughs> I think I could pass for 16. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like maybe 15, 14. Uh, but yeah, so we're just going to be doing stuff like that. I mean, we kind of, I've, I've really, I realized a lot of the time with youth ministry events is like, you spend so much time planning an event and then the event comes and then the event goes and then it's like, okay, what did this event do to bring these kids closer to Christ? And so a lot of the time it's like, I feel like we will sacrifice our personal discipleship or we'll sacrifice like our biblical teaching or our services for some, a big event that we spend months and months and months and months planning. And then it's like, okay, well, we could have just been doing this all the time. And so I think it's not like I'm saying like, oh, so that's why we're only going to do Wednesday nights. But a lot of the time, like we'll have, we'll have different events. Like we do a retreat, we'll do different, like we'll have like a, a field day where we'll have like, like a different, like a war with the youth where they all have to like compete against different games. We'll do like different events like that. But as far as like a big thing where we, my, all my energy is focused on, it's like not really like my energy is focused on hanging out with my students and walking with them through life. And yeah, maybe we'll go and we'll do some fun stuff or maybe I'll take you paintballing or maybe we'll go do something fun, but like focusing on like, okay, well, Wednesday night, we're going to have a sermon. Recently, we've been doing something, which is really cool, which my assistant Kiko has been really doing a good job with is we've been focusing on grabbing two students. And then afterwards, every Wednesday night, they'll record a short little seven minute podcast about the message. Yeah. So it's about capitalizing on what we're already doing. So if somebody's preaching, then having two of our like more older seasoned students take notes, break that down, and then they put a recap of that message online. Well, that's really helpful because now you get to see other students will be able to see people their age breaking down sermons. If you wanted to listen to the sermon, the sermon will be there as well. So kind of like capitalizing on what we're already doing. And yeah, not too much like big, big events, but field day, you know, cookout, yeah. stuff like that. And just kind of, I don't like saying bare bones, but really focused on like making sure that my leaders and my volunteers have enough free time to be able to hang out with their students and just be there for those conversations and those really intentional times that 
if we're focused on maybe like a really, really big event, then other stuff is going to suffer a little bit. So I oversee the outreach ministry at, at New Life. And I have a very similar philosophy to you because I do event planning for a living. Like I do major gift fundraising event planning for a living. Why are we really doing this event? What's the goal and the outcome of this? Because so for outreach, which is a little different from the youth in this case, is this, is this going to help us win souls for the kingdom and make disciples? There's criteria before I agree to do any kind of event at New Life mm -hmm. as far as the outreach team goes. Because if it doesn't bring and enhance the Great Commission for us to be disciples, make disciples, give you the opportunity to get saved, opportunity in the church for people to grow their gifts, use their gifts in the disciple make for the disciple making process. Yeah. And it's just going to be, I, I don't do a lot of those feel good events. We yeah. used to do this huge book bag giveaway and it would cost crazy amounts of money. And Pastor Bob one day said, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and it was one of those times where I was like, man, we've been doing this for so long. It's work. He's like, how many people are getting saved from this? How many people are even coming to church from this? And I was like, let me go back and really process this. Think about this. Yeah. And then I sat, I was literally sitting on the edge of my bed talking to God and it hit me like great commission. Like yeah. it, that's, it hit me. It was like, wow, let's take this energy and redirect it to soul winning. We saved so much time. We saved so much energy and I'm already seeing the fruit from making those, those decisions that yeah. you, I'm going to take the ministry and root it in this scripture. And that's what we're going to do. Build everything yeah. around. Like even this podcast was rooted around. We know this is a shepherd in his voice. Are we going to follow him? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's, it's the same concept because I, I can plan events all day. What was the purpose of this? What was the goal of this? And then if you just play an event sometimes, right now, everybody burned out. It's Saturday. We had to set up, we had to cook. Yep. Now we got to, we're entertaining. Now we got to tear down, just be Let's right back here on Sunday. Off. Yeah. They don't want to, yeah. No one wants to serve now. Oh, man. So like now I'm working to get it to where we do this every Saturday, but there's one Saturday a month where we literally walk around the city of Lakewood and Cleveland and go do evangelism. That's dope. So we, we do that. I'm hoping to get that to two Saturdays, to three, to four. And I, I'm yeah. looking to really, to really grow that. Our Christmas store that we do every year, we make sure a thousand kids have a Christmas. That sounds like a big event. Well, this year we're going to make sure a thousand kids have a Christmas. It's been 500 up until literally right now. I'm really about to push sure. the envelope here. But every one of those cars that pull up to our side door, we're praying over them. We're talking to them. We're giving them a chance to accept Christ. We're ministering to people. Mm -hmm. I've seen people come to church based off this event. Yeah. Because while they're waiting for us to bring out their, their gifts, we're giving them a chance to show them Jesus. And it gives us a chance to, to witness. The purpose of the event matters. So. Yeah. Well, and even if I, I could just imagine someone maybe who's not a Christian, if you're listening to this, which is awesome, but I could just imagine them being like, oh, look, these guys, like they're just focused on like getting people to come to church. But what they don't understand is that the church is a community that offers so much. And I think we discount that we think like, oh, well, oh, you just want another person sitting in the pew. It's like, yeah, but not because we want them there. It's so that way they can have a community of people. And I remember I was talking to one of my friends who, uh, had kind of like walked, you know, away from the faith and he had come back and I remember him telling me like, this is so amazing. Like we're here, we're playing 
kickball at like a, a park. And he's like, I realized like, there's nowhere else where you have this. I mean, you can go to a bar or you can join a club, but like where you have like intentional relationships with people that are not your family and you're consistently meeting with them and hanging out with them, it's a community. It's like, I feel like everybody needs this, right? But what other things outside of the church are there that like you join a bowling club, bowling league? Okay, that's cool, you know, but like, are those people really going to be there for you? And you might find a close friend, but like as a community, like what is this for? And when you're a part of a community that builds you up, it's like, that is such a, you can't put a price on that. And then it's like, so yeah, obviously we're going to give people food. We're going to clothe them. We're going to help them and do these events to, to help give people practical needs. But also we want you to be a part of a community. So that way, if you need this in the future, you have access to it and not just having to rely on a, a yearly clothing drive or a yearly food drive or something like that for your needs. It's like, let's, let's band together. That's what the church is. That's what we're here for. That's, that's a lot of the heartbeat of Redwood is that I think the church stands way too divided. I don't think people think about it often enough that the bride only matters because of the groom in this case. Yeah. If the groom in this case does not die and resurrect, the church is just a social club. We're just hanging out. Yeah. But that's not the case. We are, we, are, we are life givers. We are walking in resurrection power every single day when we wake up. Exactly. Every single day. So I'm the person, and this is the evangelist in me coming out. I want you in the church that God wants you at. So if I meet you in Lakewood, but you tell me you live in Lorraine, I'm telling you, but I'm going to tell you about new life, but I'm going to tell you about house of praise too. You're in Akron or you're in North Olmstead. I'm going to tell you about hope city. I'm going to tell you about, about remedy. I'm going to talk to you because first I want you saved. I want to make sure that you know, Jesus, I want to make sure that you know where you're going to spend all of eternity. Yeah. That matters to me. And often I don't always think that people realize that there are people around, around us every day going to hell every day. How much do we care? How much do we care about the person that's sitting in the cubicle next to us? Yeah. That person who drives us crazy at work, how much do we really care about their eternal salvation? Yeah. Right? So I want, of course we want you in the church because we know, we know that healing happens in the house of God. We know that breakthrough happens in the house of God. We know that chains fall off in the house of God. We know these things. We know the presence of God, that we've seen moves of the spirit inside those walls. Of course, I want you to see you there on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Friday, whatever day it is. But I also want you a part of a community of, of believers who can give life to you and speak life to you. So you know that you don't have to walk this journey alone, that you're not alone in life, that you do matter because you matter to Jesus. Yeah. And often I just, I think that people lose sight of the fact that the Bible is clear that Jesus is coming back for his bride. It's the singular. It's not new life church and house of praise. It's one body in Christ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's coming back for the body of Christ. Yeah. It took me, what, 30 minutes to get here today because you guys have some crazy construction going on in the main road that I didn't know about. And then I had to loop around and got lost. It's <laughs> okay. Man. Um, Always something. What's 30 minutes to God? What's 30 minutes to, to, for us to just sit down? If 30 minutes is all that separates us, that's crazy. Let's... What is that, 19 miles? Let's make that happen. Let's do it. One of us can drive. We'll figure it out. You were going to come to my house until I'm like, I don't have a room in my studio for this right now. <laughs> like, we're so fast to go above and beyond for other things. 
why aren't we doing that for the kingdom? Why aren't we leaving that excellence out for the kingdom? Yeah. Like that's, that's where I sit. So I'm with you. Those, I'm going to show you that I care about you through meeting those needs. But ultimately for me, the condition of your soul priority, the condition of your spirit matters priority, more, so much more. But because of that, what do you need? Are you okay? What are you lacking? Is it food? Is it clothes? Is it just, is it a friend? What is it? How do we meet that need? Yeah. So. No, absolutely. With you. None of this was in the notes, man. These are the kind of conversations like that. It's how, it's how it's supposed to be, right? It's how it's supposed to be. Especially with the situation we had before we got started. Oh, man. I'm glad that really the camera's did. even still sitting there right now. I'm glad. I so like, okay, it's still going. It's going strong. It's going strong. But I'm not going to push it. That brings us to the final segment of the okay. show. This is our Let Them Know segment. This is where you get a chance to just share anything you like with the audience, whether it be a scripture, just a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. My brother Josiah, please let him know. All right. You see, I had this also, this other scripture. Should have had the... There we go. All right. I mean, it's basic, but... Mark 15, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, and then he told them, this is Jesus speaking, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. I think our generation, my generation, <laughs> my generation, my bad. Okay, my yeah, bad. got I'm, it. I'm, this, used, this, I'm used to talking to- This episode, <laughs> this episode's over. Thanks, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> no, you good. My generation, we, we've, we're growing up in a, in a generation that's full of, noise and until we submit ourselves to the one that can quiet the noise the one that speaks truth the one that speaks life the one that gives us everything that we need we no longer have to be defined by how we feel every single day yeah. and at the end of the day if we don't watch it our feelings will guide our reality if we feel a certain way then we will do things a certain way a big thing that, that we stress, that I stress a lot, is the type of music that we listen to. Because you literally can get addicted to having a certain type of sadness. That literally you'll listen to music and it just continues to fuel your mood. And in the same way, the Bible will guide you into all truth. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be fearful all the time. But if you give your life to Christ and if you focus on him, and if you give him that priority in your life, like you were just talking about, making it a priority, then he'll take you where you need to go. And so for, for people who are young, who are, are, are just used to having a sensory overload of everything, whether it be music, movies, celebrities, just like all of this stuff that we're just constantly consuming all the time. It's like, until you learn to slow down and just read the Bible and, and, and think deeply about the scriptures, I mean, it's. We have the, we have access to God's word to, to read and to meditate on and to listen to that is going to actually build up your mind instead of just slowly deteriorate it. And there are days where you can be on Instagram or you're on TikTok or you're on one of these, the way the algorithm works was just video after video, after video, after video. And your mind is just consuming absolute nothing for hours and that's going to destroy us. But if we slow down and we just listen to the word. And we, and we think deeply about what it says and we ask the Lord to speak to us, it's going to change our lives. And so, I mean, that's all just, just popped in my head right now, but 
that's why I let them know for like. No, that's dope. I appreciate it. I, I think that the the New Testament on Paul. I mean, we recognize that we have emotions. Mm-hmm. We recognize that we have feelings. What are we doing with them? Because Paul stayed on mission even while Paul was in jail. Exactly. And sometimes I'm angry. I recognize that, right? But what am I going to do with my anger? That's the piece. So I don't, I never want to ignore how I feel, but I don't want my feelings to dictate the pace of my life. Exactly. Because a lot of times feelings can do this. And if you're not watching this on video, I'm trying to make a pendulum motion (laughs) swinging back and forth. I realize that I'm talking to a microphone now. But so they, they can come and they can go. You know, my mood is completely different than when the sun is shining versus when it's not. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I love summer versus winter. That's me, right? So my mood is different. So, but I can't let that dictate my walk and my pace with Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you live life on mission, it'll help you to live with intent and keep your priorities straight. So I love people like Jesus, the great commission, the great commandment. There's the roots. So if, if I'm, if I'm rooted in that, I let that dictate the pace because sometimes I may be tired, but that has nothing to do with whether I love on people or not. If that person has a flat tire and they call me for help, it doesn't matter that I'm tired. I'm going to go show them the love. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go help them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Very simple example, but you know, it's, it's what you need. It's like, what do I need to do versus what do I feel like doing? And then because of responsibility and just knowing and like, okay, well, I need to do this. Like, this is what like I am asked to do. And this is what in this moment and not need in like a, a negative way. Like I need to do this, but like need, like, okay, even if it's something I don't want to do, this is what I got to do right now for this person, because this person's a priority and this person matters. If I wait till I feel like it, Bet money it ain't happening. It ain't, it ain't Bet it's not going down. I used, yep. I don't know if I told, I used, I used to weigh over 300 pounds. That's crazy. That is crazy. You told me that before and I'm like, what? How do you wait to get healthy? Like I was, I saw what happened when I waited. I gained over a hundred pounds. <laughs> if I wait till I feel like it, I'm not going to the gym. If I wait till I feel like it, I'm not going to work tomorrow. There's days I wait till I feel like it. I'm not going to church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just don't want to get out of bed. And I know that's like the worst Just wait till you feel like getting up. Yeah, just wait till (laughs) I feel like writing that sermon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't always wait till you feel like it. Because you're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss a lot. So I I, I try to not let my feelings dictate the pace of what I do. But I will have to recognize my feelings just to say, where am I at right now? And what do I need to do because of this situation? Like sometimes I'm depressed and I need, I need to sit down and yeah. I, I need to seek the Lord. I need to spend some quiet time with God. I need to put on some praise and worship music or put on something life-giving. Cause it's funny, the, the thing you said about music. Cause I talk to a lot of young people at my gym. They'll come in listening to all kinds of crazy music. They'll come in listening to stuff. They'll come in, listen to trap music and talking about all kinds of crazy things. I'm like, what do you know about trap music growing up in the suburbs of Lakewood? You have no idea anything you're talking about right now at all. Absolutely. But I know enough artists who are Christians that I can say, listen to these songs, tell me what you think. You can actually play this in front of your mom and grandmother. <laughs> they won't know that it's Christian. They won't know but... that it's Christian. 
but there, but but the message is the there. message is clean, yeah, and it's life giving, yeah. So it's recognizing, oh, well, I do feel like this. What do I need to do about this? Yeah, like I have, I have this feeling, I have this emotion, but where does that belong right, right now? Like, where does that belong? And that's yeah. And I want to clarify: you never want to ignore your feelings. Oh yeah, you want to vent them. You want to speak in in a healthy ways to right. the right people, but just acknowledging like, okay, this feeling that I have right now, where is it leading me? Where is it taking me? And is that place that I want to go? Mm. No, I don't want to go there. Um, that's not the place that I want to go because that's not the place that God has called me to be. Right. So let me, let me put this feeling in the right part of my brain to not let it overtake me and not let it destroy me in the moment because feelings will lead us into actions. Right. And sometimes those actions can lead to death. Right. And it's, it's taking, it's part of taking every thought captive. It's part of taking every, everything. And where does this rest in the word of God? Yeah. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not easy. Brother, this was money. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was fun. It was a great time. I'm going to have a new camera next time we do okay. this. Okay. So, or maybe just some new attachments. That's all you need. That's, I did really. It's, it's just the attachments. We don't got to talk about the tape. Let's not talk about yeah, this. We won't talk about the tape. They don't even know what's going There's on. There's no tape. We'll say this for the bloopers. Never been taped. <laughs> My Not brother, if you could pray us out, I would really appreciate it, man. Let's do it. Father God, Lord, right now we come to you. Lord, I just thank you for my brother who invited me here to, to speak and share in this podcast, Lord. I just pray that you just, you bless everybody who's listening to this, Lord, that you allow them to hear your word, that you allow them to be encouraged, that you allow them to just see what this life is all about, whether it's a, a pastor listening to this and just being encouraged about what we're talking about, or it's someone who is just looking for that encouragement. Lord, I pray that you allow us to speak to them. However many times this is played, Lord, I pray that you bless this ministry, Lord, that you bless the mission of it. And I pray that you just allow us to make wise decisions daily, Lord, do not allow us to be guided by our emotions, be guided by our feelings, be guided by our own understanding, but Lord, allow us to be guided by you and by your heart, Lord. I pray that every person, every Christian, Lord, specifically the people that are listening to this, the people from our churches, Lord, that, that we continue to pray to have the heart of God. And Lord, that your heart will overwhelm us to the point where our anger will be outweighed by your compassion. So Lord, that we can be focused on you so we can love our neighbor, that we can be there for one another in practical ways and in spiritual ways, Lord, that we do not forsake one for the other. Lord, I thank you for this time. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for my brother, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing in him and through him. I thank you for just using him in a mighty way, not just here in Lorain, Ohio, but just all over the world, Lord. I thank you that the people that he's reaching will we'll also continue to, to reach out. The disciples that he's making will make disciples, Father God. Lord, I thank you for just the ministry you have in me, and I thank you for just seeing fit to use each one of us, Lord. So I just pray for just an expansion over, over Josiah's territory. Father, I just thank you for just blessings and continued breakthrough over his life, Lord. Um, I pray that you just continue to give him the desires of his heart, Father. And I just pray you just give him the grace to continue to just serve you and just be led and guided by you. Continue to give him eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. I thank you for the plan and purpose you have for his life. And I just pray a hedge of protection around him and his family. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much for doing this, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. We'll have to run this back. We'll have to do this again. For sure. Anytime. Don't say that.
Don't say that. Anytime. All right. Anytime. You're going to get a text as soon as I get to my car, which is right outside that door. (laughs) Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.